to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from DraftKings Studios, with your hosts, Kyle Morganoni and Matthew Betts. Let's turn the page, people. Let's look forward to week three. Here we are, Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Morganoni, and here with Matthew Betts. Betts, things were tough in week two, but it's been changing in the last day or so. We're on the we're on the come up, man. We're back. Yeah, week two. It was it's been a, an ice cold start <laughs> to the season. I'll just be honest. <laughs> uh, for me personally, uh, I had a little bit of success last night on Monday Night Football with Showdown, so that was good. But um, yeah, dude, I, I I don't really know what to say about week two. It was just, I mean, Alvin Kamara felt like one of the best plays on the slate. You and I agreed he was our top running back in cash games. What does he do? Comes out and basically gets outrushed at one point by Jameis Winston. I mean, like single digit fantasy points just fell on his face. So that was uh, really tough to come back from. And I just want to put this out there one more time for the people. Late swap continues to be just so advantageous. Um, If you were struggling in the early slate and you needed to get off of Dallas Chargers, it probably worked out really well for you. Like we had a listener send us a couple screenshots of their lineup swapping on to Derrick Henry, which was obviously huge uh, in that game stack. So continue listeners to utilize late swap if you can. Our opponents aren't doing enough and our listeners are winning money. So it's awesome to see. At the beginning of this Tuesday podcast, we kind of want to just review some cash game lineup decisions that we made, but also I think the field made. And uh, and then kind of just what are our takeaways moving into this next week in terms of strategy and whatnot. So Bez mentioned Alvin Kamara was probably the biggest letdown across the board. Uh, that team ran the fewest amount of plays. They had the lowest time of possession, uh, fewest first downs. Like it was just bad across the board. Even in negative game script, he didn't even get the receptions that you wanted. So Alvin Kamara was complete dud. If you played Najee Harris, you were probably happy with your 19 points. But I don't know if that helped you like get ahead in cash. It's just he did what he was supposed to. But the biggest thing you had to do this past week is if you had Cooper Cup in your lineup. So I played him on FanDuel because we talked about it, but I didn't play him on DK. And then did you survive Derrick Henry? Now, Derrick Henry wasn't a popular cash game play, but even at, you know, five, six percent, like that's a mountain that you have to uh, overcome when somebody puts up 50 points on DK. So that that's just a really big one that even if you didn't play Derrick Henry or if you're in a 50-50, like the field looks so much different because you're not trying to hit that same line when somebody's putting up 50 points. So if you ran into a buzzsaw like Henry, like I had a couple of head-to-heads where it was Henry and Cup. I was like, there is no chance uh, for me to Goodbye, surpass money. that. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's our lesson with Derrick Henry, right? When he's popular... We say it's okay to play him in cash, but when he's not popular, we just say, please play him in GPP. And so on FanDuel, I had a couple of lineups where he was in there. He was our top point per dollar value on FanDuel. So I feel happy that we were on that, like play Derrick Henry in GPPs. Uh, And we had a listener that sent me a screenshot just this morning that said, hey, I took y'all's advice. They listened to the podcast like you're doing right now. They read the articles and they won 15K, 15 G's bets in a tournament by just literally playing the plays that we said. And uh, that made me happy on an otherwise tough week. Yeah, it's awesome. It's super fun to see our listeners winning real money, like legit money, $15,000. I mean, congratulations to that listener. That's fantastic. Um, And yeah, with Derrick Henry, I mean, those are the 
like these are the weeks you play Derrick Henry, right? We talked about it entering the season. We said in week one, people are going to be overconfident in what they think these NFL teams are. The Titans were popular in week one, fell on their face. No one wanted to play them in week two. Derrick Henry smash week at single digit roster percentage. So yeah, those are the weeks you come back to Derrick Henry for sure. And uh, he'll be an interesting talking point maybe on a Friday show about how we're attacking that game and how we're attacking Derrick Henry because I guarantee you he's probably going to be popular off of that week last week. So far, we have two weeks worth of data, and there's a lot of stats that are just noise. Like you saw, like, hey, this is what happened in week one. That's going to happen in week two, and that's just not true. In the same way, like I spent a lot of the morning looking at targets and, and routes run and data, and there's so many things that don't stabilize just yet. One of the things that does is depth of target. So there's just certain players that you can look at and look at the stats and look at what's going on and go, okay. They're getting these targets like Juju is getting short targets because that's the kind of targets that Juju gets. Uh, But there's other things as you look at players and you're assessing and what's a good play and what's not. Give yourself a little bit more room. If you've had a tough time through two weeks, just realize like there's chaos within two weeks. We're going to get more data over this coming month. And I think you can make even more informed decisions. But yeah, I took a bath this past week. I wrote about it in my cash lineup review every Monday. I'm going to post that and I'm just going to be honest with what happened. And the way that I explained it was it's like someone just picked out a spot and just targeted my groin region and just kicked me in the crotch for about <laughs> six hours in a row. <laughs> oh, man. I, th- I think your actual text to me was like, dude, this is literally the worst week I've ever had playing DFS. So if you didn't win this week, you're not alone. Uh, we're with you guys there. But, you know, like we said, the early part of the season is the most difficult with playing DFS. It will get better from here. And uh, obviously, Kyle, for your case, it can only get better from last week. So wheels up for week three. You know, this is the other thing I added is like you you begin to like have some stamina. There's an awesome gif of the of it's called the Kung Fu nut punch. And it's these guys that just invite pain to the nuts. I don't invite that at all. But over time, you get used to it when you get kicked there in DFS every once in a while. So took a bath in week two. But I'm excited to turn the page. And last night, on Monday night, we had some uh, contest in our league. We had someone that said they took down their first contest and winner take all. I know you and I rode Aaron Jones, and you won a small field, correct? I did, yeah. Not a huge payout, but definitely got... It was good to get get back on the green after a pretty rough main slate. But yeah, uh, those listener contests are super fun. And it's fun to play with you guys. So if you're not in yet, go to ballersdfs.com. Come play with us. Kyle's posting leagues for us to play together in in different contests every single week so get up in there yeah and all of our picks once again are there in the dfs pass if you use the promo code dfs pod then you can get some uh, percentage off and we would say that it's helpful and for some of our listeners it's paid off you know 20 fold already in so many different ways so uh encourage you to go to uh ballers dfs if you want to play with us or dfspass.com But let's talk about this main slate for week three. State of the main slate. State of what is it's looking like in week three. And I just want to say this about week three. Um, We think we know what these teams are. So right now there are a couple teams that are just punching me in the face on some of my season long bets like the Raiders bets. I, uh, I have a under bet on the Raiders that is not looking so hot right now. And uh, I also have an under on the Panthers. So both of those are just looking real rough at this moment. But let's talk about the main slate and some of the lines from DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Um, any other wagers that you have so far that's looking good on your portfolio? Yeah, you brought up last week uh, the Kyler MVP bet entering the season was uh, looking good after week one. He is now the odds on favorite to actually win. So that is really a plus in that in that direction. Yes, I don't know that that's correct in my opinion. I mean, Tom Brady, how can you argue against what he's done through two weeks and showing zero signs of slowing down? I have him as a preseason MVP winner. So that's looking good. Um, and then, yeah, like you, there's a team that I was high on. It was the Vikings entering this year to go over eight and a half wins. They are not looking good at that point. Uh, and underdogs this week entering week three. So could be off to an 0-3 start. We'll see. Poor Vikings. Like both of those were super close games. They could have they could have won both of them. Like you could have just completely swung where they did. Dalvin didn't fumble. Uh, they hit the game winning field goal. So that one's just probably super frustrating if you're a Vikings fan. Uh, so yeah, I mentioned my Raiders isn't looking so good. Uh, I do have Dallas to win the NFC a- NFC East at some plus money and some other Dallas um, bets that I think are looking pretty good. Uh, so I don't know. So far, it's been all over the place. You and I got to talk about win totals and over-unders in May. And so if that's something that interests you, that's something we're going to continue to have as a part of the DFS pass this next year. Um, we don't specifically say you need to put this amount of money but we do we are very clear and transparent of these are our wagers here's why we do it here's how this helps us with our process for teams so it's another part of the season after dfs that you can stay focused and uh, part of what we're doing but for week three i want to reference in the dfs pass we have all the vegas lines that are constantly updated from DraftKings sportsbook so i already know that when i posted some of our totals in our doc last night they're already out of date because these lines are moving so let's talk about some of these games that are have a 50 over total for this week and at the top this game has been bet up a point and a half already it is the los angeles rams they're playing the buccaneers at los angeles this game has a 56 point total uh that's the highest on the week and then right below that is the chiefs at home against the chargers 55 and a half uh seattle's visiting minnesota which also has a 55 total Dude, so that's three games over 55. That's daunting. In a good way or in a bad way? <laughs> Why is it daunting? It's, it's a lot to sort through. It is. Um, but at the same time, to me, like my first glance at this, it, I don't know about you. I feel like that Kansas City and Los Angeles game is going to be popular. I mean, people just love playing Mahomes and um, Eckler and, you know, Keenan. Mike Williams is, is a hot name right now in fantasy. I could see that being really popular. So, I think by the end of the week, we'll know what the roster percentages are going to look like for these players on these teams. And one of these three games I could see getting overlooked, whether it's the Seattle-Minnesota game or the Rams and Tampa game. But yes, three games, the 55 or higher total is really uh, exciting, I think, for GPPs. With the Rams and Buccaneers, at least you know that those defenses have something in them, like to create you know pressure on the quarterback and whatnot. But we love both those offenses. We love their receivers. Um, the question is, do the Rams have enough? The Rams are actually favored by one at home. Do you think that line is right? I already have several bets, <laughs> teasers, as well as straight bets on the Bucks. I, I mean, Tom Brady is an underdog. I'll take it right now. Um, I, I'm, I'm surprised that they're underdogs to the Rams. I don't know if it's just... I mean, the Rams almost lost to Carson Wentz with two sprained ankles last week. Like, what is happening? So, yeah, I'll, I'll bet on Tom Brady any day of the week if I can. Yeah, the Seattle-Minnesota game is going to have some fireworks and that'll be one that we'll talk about more and more. I know that's a game that we like to stack this week. 
And then a little bit lower on the totals, we have the Cardinals, which are kind of basically carrying that game at a 51.5 total against the Jaguars. The Cardinals have a 29.5 team implied total. So that might be one to think about for an onslaught stack. And then, dude, this is a game that you and I think is just going to be a sneaky game. It's the Ravens at the Lions. We saw the Lions play last night against the Packers. They hung pretty tight. Uh, There's some pass catchers we like, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift. And then the Ravens just beat the Chiefs. They have a 29-point team implied total. So is that the game that you're like, man, I hope that flies under the radar? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's mostly because of the high total plus the still negative connotation around the Lions. And, you know, they're not a good team, obviously, but DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson are racking up targets left and right. And if we project the Ravens to come out and smash in this game as they're almost double digit favorites, Vegas projects them to do, then, you know, I love like a Ravens stack with a bring back on the Lions side, whether it's Hawkinson or Swift, who both have really good tags this week in DFS. So, yeah, I'm excited about that game. I think it's definitely going to get overlooked. I think when people see that big spread, they get kind of you know scared of it or stay away from it because they want to have that game, like the Rams and Bucks, where it's a one-point spread. They want to have that back-and-forth appeal to it. But I think, I mean, the Ravens' defense and secondary has been exposed this year. And say what you want about Jared Goff. Like, he's looked competent, to say the least. So I think that Swift and Hawk can get us there as a bring-back in that game. Jared Goff, guys, is a top 10 fantasy quarterback. I know we're only two weeks in, but all we care about is the volume. I know it's ugly. I know that there's a lot of part, but uh, that team hasn't been able to run the ball very effectively, and they're all about checking it down to Hawkinson, Swift, Jamal Williams, and even our boy Quintus Cephas. We talked him up a little bit this offseason, especially in best balls, like a, a last round pick. So yeah, I don't, I don't mind that game at all, but let's talk about the most popular game to stack. We've mentioned the ones at the top. Do you think whenever you stack Brady, okay, so last week we were all about Brady and cash. Uh, I We both had to swap onto him um, in a couple of different places, but is it hard to stack Buccaneers because you might get the wrong guy that week? I think that's the general thought process is, you know, is this the two touchdown Gronk week or is it is this week Mike Evans? Is this week Chris Godwin? And people, I think in general, know that Tom Brady is going to perform well most weeks but they don't know who the ball is going to. And so that tells me a lot about, yeah, that's a great spot for GPPs. You know, you don't have to get that right every week. You play a couple of stacks most weeks and, you know, pick one or two of those guys and more times than not, it will work in some fashion. So yeah, I think when people see that, you know, lack of clarity, they kind of get scared of it, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be going back to Tom Brady this week for sure, especially in tournaments. Yeah, and then in the Rams side, Cooper Cup's clearly going to be the one that's the most favorite. He's 6800 on DraftKings. Robert Woods is $1,100 cheaper. So I just wonder in how that game is configured, how people are doing their stacks, you know, what's going to be the difference in terms of roster percentage? Is that like enough of a salary gap where people say, okay, well, uh, I'm going to get Woods. He's the cheaper one. Or I maybe someone thinks they're being sneaky by playing Robert Woods when this is probably going to be one of the more popular games. Yeah, or honestly, Tyler Higby makes for a good bring back here, especially after being chalk last week. He's a hundred dollars cheaper on DraftKings. I think what did he have? Like two points. I don't even remember what it was. It was a terrible week. One um, one point eight. It sucked. One point eight. Uh, so he's a guy that could be interesting to go back to here. Um, the Bucks. I mean, you can throw on the Bucks. Obviously, you can't run on them. But we saw Dak carve him up, and we saw last week Matt Ryan looked 
okay. <laughs> I mean, Calvin Ridley got there. Pitts was fine. Hey. Um, but you can throw on the Bucks, and I do think that there's some value in a bring back there. Yeah, they've allowed the most completions in the league, and I think it makes sense because people haven't been able to run the ball on them, and they're forced in a negative game script. So if Matthew Stafford's chasing, which is what we used to love with him in Detroit, where it's like, give us the volume, Matthew Stafford, then maybe you're going to have one of those shootouts. So Tampa Bay and the Rams is probably going to be up there as most popular. And then you mentioned Chargers and Chiefs. There's just so many fun ways to do that. How do you feel like people are going to react knowing that Herbert let them down, at least DFS-wise, this past week? Yeah, he's really tricky because his price didn't move that much, especially on FanDuel. He's just like stuck in the middle with a bunch of dudes. Um, and we've seen him have a huge ceiling before. So I do think he's a guy that if he is undervalued this week, people aren't playing him. You know, I think people prefer... 10 times out of 10 to stack the Chiefs over the Chargers if they can. So if there is value on Chargers stacks with the KC bringback um, in tournaments, I'll probably look that way. I don't think I'll go there in cash, but in tournaments, it's definitely interesting. The Chargers defense is the part of the equation that I'm going to be spending time this week just sitting on because in two weeks, they played Washington and Dallas and they just limited the amount of pass attempts. Like Dallas decided we're going to run the ball. Like they specifically said, I want to run it with Pollard and and Zeke and Dak only had 27 attempts which for Dak is super low so it should be interesting if the Chargers are a run funnel type of team then I'm going to throw out his name you might throw up in your mouth after what he did but Clyde Edwards Hilaire on DraftKings is only $4,800 and it's like they abandoned him and said we don't want anything to do with this guy DraftKings just said I don't like him so that'll be an interesting conversation I know I'm kind of skipping ahead to salary standouts but Dude, that, that is a weird price. Yeah, I mean, and at that price, you don't really need him to do that much to pay off for you. So we'll see how the week goes. We'll see how popular he is. But I mean, you can get some pretty fun builds. I was just looking this morning with him in there as your RB2. And, um, you know, the, like the price probably never will be cheaper, honestly, for CEH. So it's, it's an interesting spot to go to after he disappointed everyone on Monday Night Football. So you mentioned the sneakiest game for you uh, was Baltimore and Detroit. And I know we'll probably talk about some of those salary standouts in a second. I'll just throw in there Buffalo at Washington. Buffalo still has a healthy team implied total. And although the Washington defense carries a big name, they've given up 281 passing yards a game, which is actually like pretty bad so far, uh, considering they played Daniel Jones uh, it, last week. He made They made Daniel Jones like a top five quarterback for fantasy. So... Give me the game in this slate that you think you want to be underweight on or maybe even potentially fade. Yeah, how about the Colts and the Titans? I just, you know, looking at the situation, like if Carson Wentz is out, obviously that's not great news. Um, and then I think, you know, just the Titans are a team in general that kind of feels like they're ping-ponging a bit this year, early in the year. And they're a team that people like to play. But that's because, you know, we just saw them smash last week with Derrick Henry. So I could see, you know, the Colts trying to like take the air out of the ball and just run it with Jonathan Taylor and slow it down. And I don't know, it just it feels like a divisional game that could disappoint. I know it's got a pretty decent total up there in the high 40s, but it's not a game that I'm looking to right now early in the week. I'm going to say the Giants at home against the Falcons It's 48 and a half total. I just could see that just being an ugly game. Just, I don't think Daniel Jones will have to push the ball too much. I don't think Atlanta will be able to convert as many third downs as you want. So that's a game that I'll probably be underweight, maybe have a couple of pieces I correlate in GPPs. But um, yeah, that, that's just not a game I'm super excited about. All right, which team are you most confident hits the over in their team implied total? 
Yeah, I like the Bucks. I mean, I know they've got a high total. I know that the rhetoric out there, I think in general, if you ask people is, are the Rams a good defense? And most people would say yes, but we can't forget who they've played so far this year. I mean, week one, it was Andy Dalton. And yeah, you're going to look good against Andy Dalton on defense. And then Carson Wentz, like, uh, you know, I, th- I think the narrative that that's a good defense in the offseason might trickle over and people might be a little hesitant to play Brady, but I think the Bucks are still going to smash. We've seen zero signs of them um, having any issues moving the ball and putting up points, obviously. So I like the Bucks here this week. I'm going to say Seattle. I just believe in their offense. They've scored over their team implied total both games. Uh, so I just like them even on the road against the Vikings. Like just, you can already print this if you want to Russell Wilson in a dome, throwing some type of moon ball to Tyler Lockett or somebody like that's just feels like it's going to happen. So I, can, I like the Seahawks. I, can it be DK Metcalf week this week, please? Like for the love <laughs> of all things, holy, I mean the amount of money I'm losing on DK Metcalf and DFS, it has to be DK Metcalf this week. Come on. I feel bad because last week we were like, he's a crazy price on FanDuel. And he was like, he was one of the more popular plays. And this week I'm looking at the salaries. I'm like, he's a crazy value on FanDuel. And I feel like people are like, okay, I've heard this before. From I mean, you. 11 so, yeah, targets DK... last week. 11. I'm going back to him. Let's just do it until it hurts. <laughs> like, <laughs> until it works. <laughs> Please, please, please. All right. Which team are you most confident hits their under? And maybe you're basically saying I'm Xing them out of my GPPs. Yeah, it's this it's this Patriots team going up against the Saints. It's just a low total, 42 points. The Patriots have a 22 and a half implied total. They're favored by three in that game. It just seems like an ugly game that could be like, you know, 17-14 or something like that. And I want no part of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually seeing the other side of the ball. It's the Saints. They have a 19 and a half total other than Kamara you can't confidently play anyone else and even Kamara feels super shaky uh usually Bill Belichick's pretty good at taking away your number one option I know it's more narrative based uh Kamara's price did drop a little bit but that's just such a low total and unless you're getting like eight or nine receptions from him other than maybe a GPP I just I can't look his way uh at all but let's talk about some salary standouts salary standouts all right we're going to quickly go through some positions for us this is our first look so i came up with the first look pricing article that's on the website today and this is our first reaction so by friday when you hear the next podcast realize that some of those opinions will solidify this is just what stands out to us so for quarterback what salary stand out to you yeah, I like on DraftKings, Lamar Jackson. He looks great at 7,800. Taking on the Lions, we already talked about that game a little bit. And then as well on DraftKings, Josh Allen, his price continues to go down, but there is still enough talent around him. He's still a good to great quarterback who can run the football. And you know the bet specialist to let people know when a player went down at the one-yard line every week. Josh Allen last <laughs> week, and then Zach Moss falls in the end zone. So um, if, he, if he runs in that touchdown, I think people are viewing Josh Allen a lot differently so far. In DFS and fantasy, I'll go back to him here at seven K. It's his price just goes down, and I want to play him. You need to copyright that metric because it really is something you've looked at for years. Because it just hurts. I mean, I'm watching these games. I'm looking at my lineups. I'm like, there it is. Oh nope, down at the six inch line. Okay, cool. Yep, <laughs> here comes Zach Moss. Is it more to like feel make yourself feel better? Like, okay, like I was almost there. Yes, exactly. 
And that was the Justin Jefferson issue from week one. Yes, for sure. Speaking of Justin Jefferson, I'm going to say Kirk Cousins at home on DraftKings is only 6,300. And personally, I would rather play Kirk Cousins on something like DraftKings where he could hit the 300 yard. Now, Kirk Cousins is more of an efficiency passer, but Kirk Cousins, if you want to get real gross, Jared Goff is 5,200 against Baltimore at home. I don't mind that in a GPP in the dome if you think that game's going to shoot out and uh, the lines are going to have a little bit more. And then on FanDuel, a couple of FanDuel specific plays. Uh, TB12 is only 7,800. Lamar is a value on that website at 8,400. And then Ryan Tannehill is abandoned at 7,000, which it's hard to find values on FanDuel. So Ryan Tannehill, if you do want to stack that game and you want to get con- you know a little bit contrarian compared to Derrick Henry, uh, play Ryan Tannehill. Speaking of Derrick Henry, He's the most expensive running back this week. $8,600 on DraftKings, $9,700 on FanDuel. Let's have a brief conversation about the big dog, who, once again, our big dog team on underdog rode him to another first place finish. So, dude, our team's looking great. I mean, hey, two weeks in, I think we can take it to the bank at this point. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he's really interesting this week because usually he's the type of player that we want to play on FanDuel because of his perceived lack of pass catching, but... Dude, he's getting targets this year through two weeks, and I know, I'm know i not sure if that's here to stay or if that's just kind of noise, but yeah, I think if I'm playing him, this sounds kind of counterintuitive. I'll probably spend up to be contrarian with him on DraftKings. He is the most expensive guy, um, but the running back slate as a whole is kind of weird because we're used to having, you know, Dalvin north of 9,000. Alvin Kamara sometimes gets up there. Christian McCaffrey, you know, at 10,000 is on Thursday Night Football. So he's the, the RB1. I could see people maybe shying away a little bit you know, even despite the huge week last week. So I, I am interested in him in tournaments. So some other cheaper guys, if you want to start with the cheaper and then we'll move to some more elite cash plays. But we mentioned CEH at 4,800. That's just stupid cheap. DeAndre Swift, his price didn't move because he was there on Monday night. So he's only 5,800. And if he's going to see that type of targets in a negative game script, likely against the Ravens, he looks good. And then we don't know the status of Dalvin Cook. And maybe you could share that, but Alexander Madison is 6K. If Cook's out, he's going to be, you know, the lock of the week. Yeah, I think so far, I'm not super concerned about Dalvin Cook. He seemed to be kind of more hurt and banged up than actually injured, which is kind of his norm at this point. Um, So as of Tuesday, not really concerned, but of course, we'll monitor the practice reports. And you can get a bonus podcast, my injury show, over on jointhefoot.com that comes out every Friday. So check that out. Austin Eckler, 7,200. Everyone was worried week one. He wouldn't get any targets. He came back. What did he catch? Nine balls? Like, yep. dude was super involved. Uh, he's only 7,200. So if you like him, I look back at his game logs. The last two years against the Chiefs, he's averaged. He's averaged eight and a half targets. So that's a pretty safe floor if you want to play Austin Eckler and you just like that game total. Uh, that's really, really safe. But um, any any other names stand out to you on FanDuel? Yeah, I mean, Antonio Gibson, I wrote down here on the dock, is super cheap. I know we're not in love with that game environment, but 6,100 for a guy that's as talented as he is um, is definitely intriguing. And then do you want to bring up Saquon Barkley? Because you put him on the dock. I I can't do it, I don't think. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Um, he's tempting because of the name. On DraftKings, you can't play Saquon Barkley. He's the RB8. On FanDuel, he's all the way down at RB20. And maybe that makes sense based on how he's played and his fantasy production, but he's playing against the Falcons and I know how bad the Falcons are. So Saquon 
that game is one that I'm probably Xing out. But if you really wanted Saquon in your lineup, you're like, okay, you know what? He's too talented. Maybe he's three weeks in. At 6K on FanDuel, uh, that is way too cheap for his skill set. And if he sees more, an uptick. So maybe that's just like you want to throw him in GPP. But I had to mention it because Saquon at $6,000 is not a sentence that I thought I would ever ever uh, say before. But wide receivers, what stands out this week? Yeah, over on DraftKings, I still like Keenan Allen. He dropped in price by $400. Um, I know Mike Williams has dominated targets early in the season, but Keenan's still going to get his. And at 6,600 in a game that has a huge total, that's really interesting. And then Chris Godwin just dropped in price for I don't know what reason on DraftKings. He's down to 6,100 this week. And through two weeks, he's leading the Bucks in target share. So that's really intriguing as well if you do like Tom Brady this week. Yeah, often when you see salaries change, like some sometimes the sites are super sensitive to matchup and that's part of their algorithm and the way they do it. But like we've said before on this podcast, there are some times where you just completely ignore the matchup. Good wide receivers, they get targets. And in that Tampa Bay uh, Rams game, like you're going to see like volume from Tom Brady. Um, I don't think Rojo is going to be the one to run the ball effectively over and over again. I'll mention Justin Jefferson, 7,200 on DraftKings. All of his touchdowns last year came at home. So I like that Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson stack if you wanted to get a little bit different. And then the cheapy this week in GPPs, McCall Hardman's all the way down at 3,900. And he's feast or famine. I don't love playing him at all, but if you wanted to stack and add him in, I really like playing Hardman and Tyreek together because they've actually had pretty positive correlation uh, through two plus years. So uh, that's a way to get different. Maybe you get a long touchdown, but 3,900 is just way too cheap. And then we'll say his name again. DK Metcalf on FanDuel is only $7,200. That's just way too cheap. So last couple of positions, let's do tight ends. Give me your standouts this week. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier at the top, talking about this uh, Bucks and Rams game. Tyler Higby went down in price. He's 4K. Still played a ton of snaps. Uh, didn't get the targets that we like to see or that he saw in week one, but I think going back to him here is is kind of sneaky, at least uh, in tournaments, if you like that game stack. I like Higby. And then in cash games early in the week, I'm looking at Austin Hooper, potentially. He's 3,600 taking on the Bears. And really for the Browns, it's all about opportunity. I mean, Jarvis Landry is going to miss this game with an MCL sprain. Odell Beckham still hasn't played a snap this year coming off his ACL injury. We're still not sure if he plays. So if those two guys are out, I mean, it's Anthony Schwartz who goosed last week and Donovan Peoples-Jones who had like one point or something like that. So yeah, he's leading the team in targets so far this year. He's he's cheap. Um, And if those guys are out, his target share, we presume, could increase. Yeah, that's one of those plays this week where you probably aren't even going to realize that the Browns and Bears are playing each other. Like it just seems like a gross game. But Hooper was someone that you can get volume. You can play him in cash, like you mentioned, 3,600. TJ Hawkinson, 5,200, is way too cheap. And that's because he was on Monday night. So you get that Monday night pricing special. Travis Kelsey is the most expensive tight end this week. And it makes a ton of sense. I will play him on DraftKings at age 200. And then on FanDuel, I don't know why they're not moving Darren Waller's price very much. He's only 7,400. And that's the same price he is on DK. So on FanDuel, he's a crazy value. And then I'll throw in Logan Thomas's name. Buffalo has actually been bad against the tight end for years. Uh, Logan Thomas is only 5,700 and maybe you'll get some uh, cheap targets. All right, last thing I want to mention. 
is defense. And there are some weird quirks this week when you compare uh, pricing on FanDuel and you compare it on DraftKings. So I'm going to throw out one right now that's just, it's just wild. So the Cardinals, who've had a crazy awesome pass rush, okay? On FanDuel, they're the DST4, so you'd have to pay up for them. On DraftKings, they're the DST14, so they're like midway through the pack. And they're only $3,000. So I like the Cardinals against the Jaguars. Yeah, that's really interesting as well. And then other cheap you know, defenses that I like to play, especially in cash, it's kind of my preferred uh, option. The Bengals, it sounds super gross, but they're taking on Pittsburgh. They're 2,100 on DK. And then over on Fandle, they're just 3,400. I mean, we've seen Big Ben in this offense, and let's be honest, it hasn't looked great. And now Deontay Johnson is, you know, I would consider less than 50-50 to suit up. So they could be down a top playmaker. So yeah, if, if you want to fire them up as a gross punt option, I, I don't mind it. And then the other one that I'll bring up too, uh, on FanDuel specifically, is the Falcons. I don't know if week two is the normal for Danny Dimes. Uh, he looked good, but we have a long track record of him with a ton of turnovers. So I will throw them out there as a punt option as well. Yeah, the Falcons show up about twice a year on defense and create turnovers. So uh, it's totally possible. Let me throw this one out there too. Okay, so Tennessee. If I were to ask you how Tennessee's defense has been this year, Betts, what would you tell me? I think I would look to week two and say they've been terrible. <laughs> they've been really, really, really bad. On FanDuel, they're the DST5. Why? Like, why are they the fifth most expensive defense on FanDuel? But you go to DraftKings, they're the DST21. Like, that is a giant difference. And so Tennessee, the Titans, all right, they're playing at home. They're only $2,400, and it's possible that they're against Jacob Eason. What do you think? Yeah, sign me up. Or against Carson Wentz with two sprained ankles and you know coming off of a foot surgery from six weeks ago. So, yeah, I don't hate it, especially on DraftKings at that 21, DST 21 you know, price tag. And granted, they've played against Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. So they've had like some tough matchups so far against mobile quarterbacks. So if they have a... Mostly immobile Carson Wentz and definitely immobile Jacob Eason, who's just a stone in the pocket. Then uh, I like I like the Titans this week. I think they're they're super cheap. You can join us each week on BallersDFS.com. You can go be a part of our DraftKings league. I get to unveil more and more of those contests over time, and I'm talking with DraftKings right now to hopefully expand and give us a tournament each week that could have a thousand or so people in it because every single time I open this up. I open up a 200-person contest. It fills within 10 minutes. I know you've been shut out of some of the bets. Yeah, it's been sad. I got a bunch this week, though, so that was fun. But come play with us at BallersDFS.com. Get up in the DFS pass, and we are back to preview the main slate on Friday. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.